Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, Black Women Amplified family. It is your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I am excited to be with you today. I have missed you all. I know, I know you've been hearing the interviews and you've been loving them and I love that you love them, but I really miss just sitting down in front of the mic and having a chat with you. But it has been fun interviewing these women. Shay Wafer and Leatrice Elzey were incredible. Dr. Brown, incredible. And I have some other interviews coming up and I can't wait for you to hear them. But I just want to sit down and have a chitty chat. Just talk for a little bit about life and what's going on with me and observations that I have made and some perspectives I have and some big changes. So the next few podcasts is just going to be me and you, and I hope you're okay with that. And if you're not, listen anyway, but (laughs) you know me, I'm really happy that you all have embraced the interviews. If you have not checked out the Black Women in Arts series, go back and check it out. And if you have checked it out and you loved it, please share it with a friend and leave us a review on the Apple Podcast. It helps get the word out about Black Women Amplified. Also, there's another app that I'm loving called Good Pods that supports indie podcasters like myself. I don't have a big platform like Oprah or Spotify sponsoring me. Not yet. You know, hope one day it's it's a possibility. Hope one day it's a reality, not a possibility. Let's keep it real. (laughs) I could use the coins. But Good Pods is another way. It's like a social media app and podcast app all in one. It's really cool. And it's a small company, a woman-owned business. And I really like it. And they, for two weeks in a row, have recommended my podcast to their whole community, which has been really, really cool. They recommended two episodes so far of the Black Women in Arts series, which I am very appreciative. No, it was one was Jane Allen, the author that I interviewed last season. And this season, it was Leatrice Elsie's interview that they recommended. And I'm really excited about that. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. If you love this podcast, please leave us a five-star review if you love it. (laughs) If you don't love it, say nothing, do nothing. (laughs) I'm just going to keep it honest. But let the world know what you think about our show. Because I'm putting in a lot of work, a lot of time, and I really would love your continued support. Thank you for listening, of course. But if you go just go a little extra mile, I would appreciate it just because I want to get the word out. Our show has literally reached around the world. We have listeners from Switzerland and South Africa, South America, all across the United States. And the more we reach out, the more we can get the message 
and the movement of how Black women need to be heard out to the world. So there's that. There's a lot been going on in the world. I'm not going to talk about that this episode, but what I want to say is that when the Women of Art series downloaded, I mean, it was literally a download from God because God and I talk. God is my homeboy, so we have conversations. It's like sometimes I say, a lot of times I say, what do you want me to do next? And in asking God what to do next, he said, talk to women in the arts. And so we had a deeper conversation and I didn't necessarily want to talk to, although I will, talk to the lead characters in the arts, meaning the people that are on the stages, the people that you see on the videos. I want to talk to the people who make the people who stand on the stages because I know from working in the music industry and the hair industry that there are a lot of pieces that come together before you actually buy a ticket and see a performance. It's like when I talked to Shay Wafer, we talked about how the stage part, when you sit your butt in the seat and you watch the performance, that is the final stage of any show. Whether you're going to see Usher or you're going to Broadway to see Audrey McDonald. The final piece is when everybody else takes a deep breath is when the lights go up, the music starts, and the acting begins. Everybody's like, whew. But prior to that, there were months and sometimes years of making that happen. It's just like a movie. When Viola Davis put out Woman King, she said it took her seven years to make the movie. And not seven years of filming, but getting the movie made, getting the financing, finding her team, finding her producers, her all the pieces that go. Like if you read the credits, I just want to see Black Panther. I'll talk about that in another podcast. But I love sitting and reading the credits after the movie because you realize <laughs> that it takes hundreds of people to get that done. And Black Panther had teams in South Africa, Puerto Rico, Boston, like all over the world, there are teams putting pieces of this film together. You've got the sound team, the costuming team, and each of them get their assignments. And because he gets the best in the field, they know their assignments. But some movies, they don't. Tyler Perry. Some people, they don't give the best of the best to. And s- pause. Okay. Fill in the blanks. Anytime you've seen a cheesy movie by people who have a lot of money who could have invested more <laughs> into hey, the wigs. Let's just say the wigs. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not going to go off on a tangent. But I want to talk to those people, the people who put the pieces together, the masterminds behind the films that we don't hear from. And there are so, especially in Black theater, there are so many Black women who are doing these incredible pieces. Let's not just say Black theater, Black arts. There's curators for galleries and museums. There are art gallery owners. There's so many pieces in the arts. It's like, who's talking to them? Every once in a while, they might get a feature if, they get, if they're a part of a big enough project. But every day, they are putting their career into the bucket of Black arts 
and they deserve a conversation. Their stories need to be heard. For Black women, all of our stories need to be heard. And if you go back to the first season, you'll see where I start telling parts of my story and the reason why. I realize that although I don't have children, I have borrowed my best friend's children. (laughs) So I consider them mine. And therefore, I have grandchildren now, grand godchildren, god grandchildren, however you want to say it. But my goddaughter had some babies. <laughs> and one day I was looking at one of her little girls and I was like, oh my God, if something happened to me tomorrow, she wouldn't know anything about me. Because my goddaughter knows me as, although I'm very open with her, but she knows me as her auntie. She doesn't know me as Monica, the this person or my, you know, all the roles that I carry, she knows the role that she knows. And so I was like, oh, I've never told anybody about this part of my life or that part of my life. Because one thing is I'm generation X and y'all know we don't talk. We're just like, F it. (laughs) We're just going to go over here in our corner and do what we do and just do our thing. And if anybody knows about it, they know about it. They don't, they don't. But there's a big part of our culture that is missing Because the beauty of Generation X is we are in between baby boomers who forged the path to the door and opened it and millennials who like took the hinges off of the door. (laughs) They're like, we're tearing all this down, all of it. We're tearing anything you thought was going to last forever. We're just going to tear it all down. And then Gen Z, I mean, they just elected the first Gen Zer to Congress. So they're 25 now. You know, we keep thinking of millennials as millennials are in their 40s, right? They're in their late 30s, early 40s. So here we are pushing into our 60s and we still feel young, vibrant and sexy. Come on now, keep it real. You know, you're still putting the girls in them tight bras and pushing them up to your neck and calling all the boys to the yard. You know, hey, we got it. It never left us. But here's the thing about our generation. We really don't care about a whole lot of things, but that's a whole nother conversation. But the point is, our generation is out there pushing the arts to beyond its limits and have been doing it for years. So when God said, talk to these women, I said, well, okay. So I went through my Rolodex and and said, oh, well, who the first people I need to talk to? Uh, Of course, Shay Wafer. I've known her for years. She's made a big impact on my life. We talk about it in our interview. And she's the executive director of Waco Theater in Los Angeles. But she has worked in theaters all across the country. Her mark is left in so many different places. But I guarantee you, most people on the planet, unless they're in the industry, in a specific part of the industry, have never heard her name. But she's a sister that has been doing it for years. In fact, her daughter is an actress. so She has passed it on to the next generation in her family. And then Leatrice, oh my God, oh my God. She used to be a part of the Black Arts Festival in Atlanta. I can't remember the the exact name, but we talk about it in the interview. When I experienced that art festival, everything I said about it was completely true. Going to that festival, I saw myself in a whole different way. And that's the beauty of the arts. 
especially as black people, because television is inundated with the worst of us and the perceptions of people who don't think much of us. But when you go to the theater and you see Caroline and Change or you see Raisin in the Sun and you see all these great projects presented by these great actors, men and women and all the people, you get to see yourself in such a beautiful way. So I want to talk to the people who are putting these productions on, who are funding these productions, and why they put so much into it. Because Black Arts doesn't get the move, the money that other companies get. You know, Black Rep is not getting the same rep, the same amount of money as a white theater company. So there are people who are peace. You know how Black women do. You know how we do. You get a pot of beans and give us a bag of beans and you got a gourmet dinner. That's just what we do. <laughs> you want to throw some vegetables in there? You got us a piece of meat on Tuesdays? You're going to get a five-star meal. That's just what we do. And so the same formula, the same, I don't want to call it magic, the same innovation we put in everything we do. So no matter, it's going to happen. And so it's important that they set the table so the storytellers can tell our stories. And I also want to say for you who's listening to me, it's time to tell your story because I know you're like, oh, what I'm doing is not a big deal. But how many documentaries have you watched that made you go, huh, and see yourself a little different? How many memoirs have you read? I mean, come on. How many of us read Becoming by Michelle Obama? And you were like, oh, my God, this chick's just like me. Maybe I won't marry the president of the United States, but maybe I'll be more understanding of the partner that I pick. Maybe I will get the job that I want by any means necessary, even if it means taking my child with me. Maybe I'll negotiate the terms that I need to negotiate because you're hearing it from someone else, right? And you're hearing someone else's lived experience. And I tell you what, these lived experiences are far more impactful for me than any schooling that I have ever had. Because it's one thing to know about theory, but actual practical experience is so helpful in everything that I do. I went to college for like a year and a half for photography and creative writing because I love to write. But writing was also my healing. My mother introduced me to journaling when I was a kid and I stopped talking because of some things that had happened to me. And that's why I relate so much to Maya Angelou when she became mute, when things happened to her. Mute meaning she didn't talk. I was the same way. I became withdrawn. I didn't talk. And my mother sat down with me and she said, I know that you don't want to talk about it. I don't know what's going on with you, but you have to get it out of your body. I mean, my mother was very, she was a whole lot of things, but one thing she was was very insightful with her kids. And she said, hey, here's a pen, here's a notebook. So just write it down. So I started journaling. I wasn't calling it journaling back then. It wasn't a thing. I was just writing down how I felt. And my mind would go into all these fantasies. So I would just write down all the things. I would write love letters to like Michael Jackson <laughs> and George Michael. You know, I would write my name. It was like Miss Monica Michaels. Like, what would that sound like? What would Miss Monica Tyson Jackson? Even then I was like, I'm keeping my name. I like my name. 
So I say all that to say, writing down is a beautiful way to share yourself with yourself. It's a beautiful way to have a conversation with yourself that's private and personal. It's a beautiful way to have a sacred conversation with God because there's something about, I know we're in our technology, but there's something special when you take a pen, a good pen. Okay, I'm a pen whore. If anybody wants to send me some fancy ass pens, I will take them. Some people like Gucci bags. Some people like Prada bags. But this girl likes great paper and great pens. I keep telling y'all I'm an analog girl in a digital world. So if you got some fancy pens just sitting around, you're like, I think Monica would like this. I would. (laughs) You got a Mont Blanc pen sitting around that you're not using? Send it to me. Send it to me. It doesn't have to have a fancy name. If it's a beautiful writing tool, I love it. I mean, I'm the girl who will get a feather (laughs) and some ink and start writing. I don't do calligraphy, but there's something magical about when you put pen to paper. You really get into that next dimension of conversation with your soul. And soul conversations are so important, especially in the world that we're living in when we don't have the connection that we used to. I mean, when I was a kid, we used to go out and play with our, go outside and play with our friends. These kids get on a computer and meet strangers, which is great, you know, sometimes, sometimes a little shady, but they get to meet kids from all over the world. We had our neighborhood crew and go out and play, be in what? Before the streetlights came up. That was our routine, but we didn't know these kids in the neighborhood. And I still don't remember their names. We knew their names, but it was like, hey, let's go play. It was that simple. We knew how to have conversations. We knew how to engage with people on a personal level. And journaling does that with yourself because we get so caught up into technology that we're looking at other people's lives all day and we're rarely looking at our own unless something happens. When something happens that's that's hard or tough to deal with, then we look at our lives. But on a day-to-day basis, and we're scrolling through social media, and I'm guilty of it, it is my, I really just need to disconnect from social media. I'm just looking at all the things all the time. And I realize that although I'm getting what I need to get done, I'm far more productive when I'm not on social media because it's a distraction. And anytime my brain, I have a creative brain, And so my mind, like I could start on one thing and I could end up all the way in Madagascar in my brain (laughs) and I need to get back to what I'm doing task on hand, but I do that better if I'm just really focused. And because of my creative brain, it's tough to focus sometimes. And people want to say, it might be this, it might be that. I don't care what it is. At the end of the day, I have to train my brain to be focused. And it's so easy to stay off focus if I go to my phone and get on my social media. So I say all that to say, we spend so much time looking at other people's lives. It's really time to get back to ourselves. People talk about anxiety and depression and all of these things. A lot of it, in my opinion, is because we spend so much time comparing ourselves to other people. What seems to be real. And I promise you, What you see on social media is just one-tenth of someone's life. 
You have no idea, for instance, what I'm wearing right now. (laughs) But if I took a picture from the neck up, it's like, okay, she looks happy. But you don't know. I'm just sitting here in a dress with no pants on, no shoes, no socks, sitting at my desk that needs to be cleaned off and wondering what I'm going to order from Instacart at the same time that I'm talking to you because I'm really hungry. So these are the things that are happening in the atmosphere of my world right now. But you could have a perception based off what you think or what you've seen that I have put on social media. Social media is just truly, what I put on social media is literally, I'm either responding to something that I saw or I'm sharing with you the things that I want you to know, which lately has just been about this podcast. But I have been spending a lot of time, especially over the past month, five weeks, examining my life on such a deep level that I have made a tremendous change in my life that I've told very few people about. Only maybe three people know in my family and four of my friends know. (laughs) I haven't told them yet either. They have no idea. Like the rest of my crew has no idea. And that's okay because the reason I'm keeping it so private is because I really need to figure myself out first. And in order for me to figure myself out first, I have to ask myself some really serious questions. I have to do some serious journaling and create a new vision. And I need that without people being concerned. (laughs) What is it? I don't know. What's she going through? I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm fine. There's nothing going on. But I just made a big life decision. I decided to change my story. And so beauty, beauty, beauty. The beauty in telling your story is the power to change it. Because if we really examine how our life is, we can see or ask ourselves, am I really happy? And I always ask myself when it's time to make a life decision, where I am right now, is this where I want to be in the next five years? And if the answer is no, that you have an opportunity to make a choice, to change things. We have that power. And not to change things based off of what we see in social media, but based off of the things that you really want in your life. And sometimes that's just really being honest with yourself and really deciding to tell your story. Because many of us are hiding from our truth. We're building these lives based off of people not seeing what's really happening when the door closes. If your life is the same way inside of your house that it is on the outside of your house, you're winning. Like, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter where you live. If you are living a full, authentic life of integrity, meaning that everything that people see, everything that people don't see is the same. It might not be the full spectrum, But there are a lot of people living a lifestyle that covers up their real life. I want to be in integrity with myself. So I knew it was time to make some changes. And in order to trust me, I have to live the way that I encourage other people to live, my authentic self. Now, I will tell you personally, about 75% of what people see, that's me. But it's the 25% that people don't see that I need to get it together. (laughs) I think 
Most of us are like that. But here's the thing. Life has brought me lots of challenges that I have gotten to the other side of. And the person that I was five years ago, I'm not that person now. But the lifestyle I was living is still representative of the person that I was five years ago. But who I am now, the strength that I have now that I've never had before in my life, it's time for me to be fully embrace that. The intelligence that I have that I've been hiding and people are like, you're so smart. And I'm like, no, I'm like super smart. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day about Black Panther and he was you know, talking about where was the alpha maleness? I was like, what's wrong with having a female-centered movie? I mean, I thought it was great. And I thought about it. It was like the brain that I have, had I seen the movie Hidden Figures when I was 10 years old, I would literally probably be an astronaut because I love space. I love the cosmos. I used to have a telescope I used to go outside and study the stars. I knew all the constellations. I knew where all the planets were. I knew all of that stuff just on my own. But I never saw women scientists. My dad was a scientist. He was a pharmacist, doctor of pharmacology, super smart man, knew Latin and German, knew all these things. He had some other issues, but, you know, there's a balance. (laughs) But... Had I seen, and he wanted me to be a doctor. He de- he was definitely grooming me into the medical field. But I also had this highly, highly, highly cultivated creative side from my mom. And so I always had to have the balance of logic and science and creativity. And so for me, the hair industry balanced the both. Hair is science. And it's creativity. That was a perfect balance for me. And the music industry and writing, that came from my mom. Like I said, she sat me down and said, write it out. So I started writing. I literally have journals and notebooks all over the place filled with musings and writings and ideas and all the things, inventions and all the things. I'm like a mad scientist at home. Most people don't know that. And then my love for the arts. Like, I feel such a connection to God when I experience art. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I really appreciate. I might not like, for instance, I might not like your music. I might personally think, oh my God, this is horrible. But what I do appreciate is the time and effort and energy you put into something that was important to you. This is why I rarely critique out loud somebody's music because I know the time and effort and money that it takes to put a piece of art out. I might see a play that is like, oh my God, that was terrible. But I have an appreciation that you had the courage, right? To put your art out in the world. That's a beautiful thing. So when I say it's time to tell your story, it's time to tell your story to yourself It's time to decide if you want to change your story. And it's time to decide that you're okay with your story. You're okay with who you are. All the good and the bad. You know, being integrity with yourself is not the attempt to be perfect. It's about (laughs) self-acceptance. Self-responsibility. Self-discovery. 
it's all about you, boo. It is all about you. If you are not happy with your life, you can change it. You are not chained to the life that you're leading. I realize that the life I'm leading is the life that my father cultivated in me years ago. My dad has been gone since I was 27. He passed on then. And everything in my life, I made a determination based off of the framework that he put in place for me. And I said to myself one day, well, what the hell do I want? (laughs) What do I want? So I had to ask those questions of myself. And I've been asking myself those questions for about a year. And I realized that the life that I was living is no longer the life that I wanted. And how was I going to change that? I don't know what tangent I just went off on, but somebody needed to hear it. Like they say in church, somebody needed to hear it. Somebody needed to hear it. Here's the deal. And here's the reality of it. I have been in the hair industry for 35 years. And I promise you of the hundreds of women, maybe thousands of women that I have serviced, most of us are living the lives that our families cultivated for us. That somebody said, you'll be good at this. And we believe them without actually exploring what we really, really like. That's why I love these kids. They are not loyal to anything but themselves. I don't like this. I'm quitting in a heartbeat. (laughs) I wish I had that when I was 20, 18. But I was trained by the generation before me that you keep a good job, you work really hard, you put your nose to the grind, and then when you retire, you can go live your life. These kids are like, I'm going to go live my life because I don't know when it's going to (laughs) end. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to go explore it. And I'm going to live in a way that you might understand, and I don't care if you don't understand it. I love that about these kids. They could use a little more history and a little more structure behind them, but that's my opinion. That's just my opinion because that's how I was raised. But structure does help a lot. So when I say tell your story, you want to, you know, you want to know that your story matters. You may not live a life of the person that you admire most, but you've lived your life. You're regular, they're regular just like you are. Trust me, in my business, I've been around a lot of celebrities and they are really regular. <laughs> They just have a job that you see. You have a job that people can't see. But here's the thing. The one thing we learned in the middle of the PAMI is that the jobs that we hadn't seen for a thousand years became the most important jobs on the planet. You know who that was? The sanitation worker. The one who cleaned up the hospitals. The person who was the nurse who stayed in a hotel room to keep their families safe and to take care of your families that were in the hospitals. The restaurateurs who shifted their five-star restaurants, their eating spaces, they switched their menus to affordable food that children would like. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They turned their five-star fish dishes into fish sticks. I'm exaggerating. But you know what I'm saying? So that you could just pick it up without touching anything. They're open spaces in their restaurants they use for gatherings. So people able to adapt and transform quickly. But the people that we have not seen 
suddenly we're on full display. So we never know when it's going to be your time and the light is shined on you. And here's the beauty of the light being shined on you. If you are in full integrity with yourself, you won't mind. Telling your story is not about sharing your business. It's about being and feeling liberated. Tell your story. You have done some magnificent things. You have gone through some hardships. And you have lived a life that has gotten you to this point of your success. And I know if you're like me, you're examining your life and saying, especially if you're Gen X, you're still hot and sexy. You're like, wait a minute, this can't be the this can't be the end game. I still got another 30 years in me. <laughs> I still got another, I still got another road to travel. I still got another mountain to climb. I still have other ambitions and achievements. But what's holding me back? Liberate yourselves, tell your stories, and be your best self. I oh yes. Finish this. Uh, if you stayed to the end, I appreciate it. If you stopped in the middle and you came back to finish, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for the support of this podcast, Black Women Amplified. And thank you for being with me through the last literally year. <laughs> it was a year ago on November the 2nd, I think that I pushed upload onto this podcast. Scared to death, but I did it anyway. So happy one year anniversary. Thank you for being here with me. And we will continue this conversation later, but I really want to encourage you to tell your story. And hey, you can even, like many people, maybe one day turn your story into a a book. Maybe you can turn it into a speech. Maybe you can turn it into your own podcast. Maybe you can turn it into your own movement. I don't know. We'll talk about that a little more later. Again, thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. With all love, grace, and sincerity, I wish you all of the best. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. This is your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I'm out. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining. Keep shining.